0: Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host.
1: All right, Just will not y'all go with the beat with me just for a little bit. Can the audio, Spotify's and Apple's hear this beat too? Oh yeah, yeah they can. All right, cool, hold on. Come on, it's Friday. I don't know why I felt like doing this. It's <laughs>
0: <That's laughs> Friday, know that's why. You don't need a reason. It's Friday. All right.
1: Happy Friday.
0: Good morning. It is Game
1: Changer, and it's Daily Devo. We're wrapping up our Gains Week. Week of Gains, man. Week, week of Gains. This is the week where <clears throat> we are... You know what? I know why I was snapping and moving, because I feel like I've grown this week. I feel like I've grown this week. I feel like I've I've gained this week. And hopefully hopefully you do too. And uh, we discussed a lot of cool stuff. Today we're gonna today we're gonna leave a punctuation mark on the end of the series. And we're gonna we're gonna end it with discussing steadfast. We're gonna talk about being steadfast. And the word steadfast is is immovable. And Planted. I'm just giving you kind of David's definitions a little bit here, but it just, it just, to me, it speaks planted, fixed, secure. So I want us to be fixed in God, planted in God, secure in God, immovable in him. Amen. And I want to use a scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Always be abounding in the work of the Lord. Can I just say this even when you don't feel like you're abounding in the in the work of the Lord, you can be abounding in the work of the Lord. It didn't say abound in the work of the Lord when you feel like it and you and you and you know, when you feel like it, you know, when you're doing the little groove, right? It didn't say abound in the work of the Lord when you feel the rhythm right is on time. It says abound in the work of the Lord, and that's whether you feel it or you not or you don't. That's whether you are on the mountaintop or you're not. And so if you've lived in this world for more than one day, right? And if you haven't, you know, you probably can't understand what I'm saying. So <laughs> you have you will have realized that not everything is perfect. Can I get a witness on that? Not everything is perfect. And that is an understatement. So I don't know what your situation is right now. And today we're gonna we're gonna end this with a little bit of a, a little bit of a declaration. We're gonna end this with a little bit of, I believe, with a little bit of an exclamation mark. If a punctuation is going to be put on the end of it, I want to put an exclamation mark. I want to I want us to end this with a with a bang, with a pow, with a with just some some belief. Can we do that? Because look, we talked about grace on Monday, we talked about attitude on Tuesday, we talked about how the Lord has inspired us and how we can be an inspiration to others and that's primarily we're called to be an inspiration to others. And then we went into, really the day yesterday was nobility, but we discussed, you know, really some dynamic duos and words that, you know, I think are given to us in a, and we could apply them to our life because of the birthright, becoming Christians and believers in Jesus Christ. And then today we're going to talk about being steadfast. So if you've lived in this world in any length of time, you know that everything's not perfect. So whatever your situation is, and I don't know what that situation is, and there's some tough situations right now, there's some challenging situations right now, but if you choose to listen, and if you chose to listen to this podcast today, then you're probably looking to strengthen your faith. So the world is constantly reminding us, you can't go anywhere, you can't turn on any news source, you can't look at any tweet, you can't open up Facebook, you can't go to LinkedIn, you can't use any social media, you can't go to any cable channel, I mean, without the world constantly reminding you that bad things are happening, but I believe that in order to stand firm or be steadfast, immovable, fixed, in order to stand firm and for our faith to be strengthened when we face challenges, it is necessary to constantly remember who, who the God we serve is. Amen. He is. He is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rapha. He is El Shaddai. He is. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the prince of peace. I mean, you can just go on and on, but if you begin to name him, as you begin to name him and use the names that are in the Bible, and you begin to, you begin to say those names and what they mean, it builds your faith up and everything else falls below the threshold of his name. So God is no stranger to your pain. We talked about earlier this week that the Bible says that we serve a high we don't serve a high priest, this that we serve a high priest that's that's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. It actually says it the, the other way. It says we don't serve a high priest that's not touched by the feelings of our infirmities. So it says basically we don't serve a God that's out of touch. We don't serve a God that's out of touch. We serve a God that's in touch. He's no stranger to your pain, and he's no stranger to your need. So as, to, as today's verse that we're gonna read in a minute says, he is on our side. We're gonna talk about that. So when we have God with us, there's no reason to fear the future and our job is to trust him. Oh, Dave, I know that, man, it's easier said than done, right? But let me just read this scripture here, Philippians 1:27. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you're standing firm In one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Come on. Paul said, whether whether I hear or whether I see you, I'm going to know that you're standing firm in one spirit. You are steadfast, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I got a tattoo up here that that I just put on that says, forget, focus, forward. And it's based on Philippians 4.13 which Paul wrote, right? I, I forget what's behind me. I'm going to focus or I'm going to grab a hold of this and then I'm going to press towards the mark. And so if you look at here, it's about standing steadfast so that we can strive together for the faith of the gospel. Paul's all about striving for the gospel. He's all about, he's all about moving forward, if you notice. And even at the end of it, he, he's all about reaching a goal. He's all about reaching this mark for Jesus. He's all about doing more with his, with his, with his, with his calling. And you know, what God's placed on, the mandate that God's placed on his life, because even at the end, he says, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. He's always talking about it in context of a process and a race. And so let's look at somebody here. In the book of Job, we see a righteous man. when We talk about steadfast who, who did not have a perfect life, but had many difficulties. I mean, he was faced with with many adverse situations, lived through pain and loss. Matter of fact, he lived through pain and loss that I can't even comprehend. I mean, he lost his entire family. He lost his entire livelihood. He lost everything at one time. And so he lived through many adverse situations, lived through pain and loss. But even in the midst of all of that, his faith did not waver. Even in the midst of everything, he remained steadfast. So Job did not allow his emotions to guide him through the tribulations and challenges he had to face. I'm going to say that again. He didn't allow his emotions. So I'm going to assure you that he didn't feel like getting up some mornings. I'm going to assure you that he didn't feel like going to work sometime. I'm going to assure you he felt like giving up. I'm going to assure you, assure you he didn't feel like praising God at sometimes. But he did not allow his emotions or what he felt to guide him through the tribulations and challenges he had to faith, face. His faith was shaken and tested by challenging moments. He lost his children. He lost his possessions. But listen... Even so, he maintained a faith that was totally unshakable. It was, it was tested, but unshakable. How about that? The enemy's always, always trying to test and shake our faith. And can I just tell you, you should be grateful for that. You go, what?
0: I was thinking I, the same thing. I, just, what, I, what? I
1: should be grateful that the enemy is always. Trying to test and shake my faith? Are you crazy? I'd rather just chill out on a lounge chair at the beach of life, man, as a as a believer, and just I don't want my faith tested. Can I just tell you if you're if you if the enemy is if the enemy's anywhere around you, if the enemy's anywhere around you, if he is, if you were remotely on his radar, then that means that you are a danger to him. He sees the potential on the inside of you. And if the enemy's always trying to test and shake your faith, can I just tell you there is something, some sort of potential that he sees on the inside of you that scares him to the very core because you are a life changer for God? Amen. He knows that on the inside of you, there is something greater. than than what he can even fight against because greater is he that's that's in you than he that's in the world. And he knows that there's a God on the inside of you and there's a purpose on the inside of you and there's a destiny on the inside of you. And his job is to test and shake your faith because if he can get you off rail, if he can get you off the path, if he can get you to sit around for a little while and take your eyes off the prize, then he can slow down the destiny that God's placed in your life. But I'm here to remind you that just like Job, God has placed a faith on the inside of you that is unshakable if you keep your eyes on him. So the enemy can try to shake your faith, wanting to limit your life. But listen, don't take your eyes off of God. Always remember that God is good and he is faithful. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. It says act like men, but I'm going to say that's mankind. right? Act like men, be strong. Act, act like You are a believer. Act act like you have God on the inside. Act like you have a backbone and be strong. Man, that's powerful stuff there. It it doesn't really leave room for interpretation, does it? Nope. So when we search for the meaning of the word unshakable, you know, we find that it's something fixed. I'm just going to tell you the fight's fixed. You know, I I just that word just reminded me to go this direction for a second. The fight is fixed. If you if you're facing a situation right now and you are a believer, can I just tell you the fight's fixed? It's 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 not fair. The enemy's already lost. The bets have been placed. I mean, look, he he, somebody can bet against you all they want, but if you have Jesus on your side, then the fight is fixed. I'm going to tell you that when we look at the word unshakable, it's fixed. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It's fixed. It doesn't matter how bad the circumstances look it's fixed. It doesn't matter that it looks like you are losing, it's fixed. I mean, if you go into halftime and you are losing, I'm going to tell you the second half is a different story. I'm preaching this morning because I feel this in my spirit, that, that, that we have to be steadfast. We have to be unshakable, not in ourselves and not in who we are. Because if it were up to me, I already would have lost. But it's up to the God Amen. It's up to the God who has already won, who has already done this thing. And see, he said it's finished. And then he took the keys from the enemy that fights you of death, hell, and the grave, and he took them from him. He made an open, the Bible says he made an open spectacle and show of of the devil. You got to understand, he did it in front of everybody. He did it in front of all the demons. He did it in front of everybody that had gone before, everybody that had that had gone to hell, everyone that was in paradise. He, had, he did it in front of all of them for an open show to expose the enemy for the defeated foe that he is. And now because of that, you and I can apply this unshakable faith and, and, and so Job look he lived this way. He lived in a fixed way. He he lived, even though he went through these things, he was fixed. And and it's one that unshakable means that it cannot be moved or changed. It's constant and firm. Can I just tell you that that God is fixed? It says the the Bible says that he was the same yesterday. He's the same today and he'll be the same tomorrow. Can I just say it this way? That he was there yesterday for you and he did it then. But see, at this, and he's here today doing it for you now. But can I just tell you that not only, and I know you're gonna have a hard time wrapping your mind around this, not only is he in the present doing it now like he did yesterday, but he's already in tomorrow. If you could get in a Bill and Ted time machine and if you could go forward 20 years, he's already in your future doing it for you then. So th- because it's linked to now. And so I'm telling you, God is not only doing it now, he's doing it tomorrow for you. He's the God of yesterday, today, and he'll always be the same. He's fixed, constant, he doesn't move, and he is unchanging. And his resolutions and his word don't move. Come on. Mm. And that's the faith that Job lived with. Job lived with an unshakable faith. His attitude is challenging and inspiring. His response awakens in us a conviction. It it, it makes me convicted because if I went through what Job went through, I'd quit. But Job not only did not quit, but he was inspired to continue. His response awakens a conviction that encourages us as believers to shine with the light of Christ. It, it, It encourages us to shine as children of God in difficult times. Our challenge is to trust, even if things don't turn out the way we expect it, that if bad news comes knocking at our door, we will not be knocked down, but we'll be met with steadfast faith. I'm reminded of the scripture that we read, it uh, and, and not sh- uh, crushed. If you pull that scripture up, Mike, I want you to read it in a second. It, when I read this, my notes here, it reminds me of that scripture, you know, because bad news might come knocking, but we're not going to be knocked down. We're going to be met with steadfast faith. And let me tell you something, you can't do that on on your own. You can't do that on in, in your own strength. That is something that comes from God's strength. And the scripture, the scripture in 2 Corinthians, it's, verse, uh, it's chapter four, verse eight and nine. Mike re- is gonna read it out of the New Living Translation. So Mike, when news comes knocking, you're not gonna be knocked down, but read the scripture that says what we are gonna
0: be. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are mm-hmm. perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. I'm
1: going to encourage you to
0: adopt a 2
1: Corinthians 4, 8, and 9 attitude. I'm going to encourage you to adopt the attitude that Job had today and that you can stand firm trusting that nothing can separate you from God Love or thwart his plans for your future. I'm going to tell you that God said in Jeremiah 29 that I have a plan for you and I have a future for you. My plans and my future for you are good. And I'm going to tell you that if God has a plan, the enemy might have a scheme, but God's plan will outrank the enemy's scheme all day long. And if you stay plugged into God, then you are plugged into the winning side. Romans 8 uh, 38 and 39. And I'm preaching this morning. I don't always do it this way, but I feel this. And it says this, I'm convinced. Are you convinced? That's my question. Romans 8, 38, 39, it starts out by saying, I'm convinced. Here's, that's the question you have to ask yourself. Not just do you believe it, but are you convinced? Can you look up the word convinced? I am convinced. Before
0: I go any further, I just want to investigate that word. Okay? The word convinced means what? Completely certain about something, firm in one's belief with regard to a particular cause or issue.
1: Okay, so I am convinced or i am completely certain about something there's no room for doubt there's no room for there's no room for what if there's no room for plan b i am convinced that nothing nothing can you look up the word nothing i know we know what it means but i'm going to i'm going to hammer this home today
0: not a single not anything no single thing
1: i am convinced i am 100% Convinced, no room for doubt, that nothing, no single thing, not anything can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, and Paul goes on to just list some things, or life. I mean, I don't know, that pretty much sums it up right there. You're either dead or alive. (laughs) You're either breathing or not. But he just in case, just in case you're not one of those two things and you need somebody to fill in the gaps, he said, neither angels. Nor demons. He got spiritual there. He got on another, another level. Neither fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Then he goes on to say, "No power in the sky above or the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation." I just want you to. Before we go any further, I don't know if I've ever really dissect this scripture the way I am right now. I just want. To, I want to go back, and I just want to. I want to really dissect it. Death or life. Okay? I mean, God could stop there because you're either dead or alive. But then he went on to say angels or demons. Then he said our fears for today because somebody's going to say, you know what, I get all that stuff, but I'm just, I'm just worried about today. Your fears for today or your worries about tomorrow can't separate you. The powers of hell can't separate you. Then he went on to say the power, no power in the sky above no power in the earth below. I mean, he just wanted to cover all the bases. Then he went on to say nothing in all creation. Then he went on, he just literally said, I'm gonna cover it one more time by saying anything that I've ever created, which is everything, will ever be able to separate you from the love of God. Can I just get really on a, just a regular level for you? Your economic status can't separate you. Your health issues can't separate you. Your relationship challenges can't separate you. Whether you're succeeding right now or whether you're not where you want to be can't separate you. Your family can't separate you. Anything that you're facing right now cannot separate you from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. And because of that, I want you to now I I spent the first 20 minutes of this podcast preaching to you the foundation of faith in that. Now I'm going to tell you why in the last 10 minutes. Because you have got to go on the offense. As a steadfast person, it's not just a defensive move because we get tired on being on defense. So I'm going to say don't let your situation determine your worship. You can put that in the notes, Sam. Don't let your situation determine your worship. Because in situations many times we face these situations and they come to steal our song. They come to steal our song. You can put that in the notes too. Our, your situations come to steal your song. They want us to turn down the volume of our worship. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal your worship. But once again, in the story of Job, we see this example of a man who did not allow his situation, and I'm gonna tell you, his situation, out it outranks our situations, folks. This guy went through a lot of stuff at one time. He doesn't allow a situation to limit his ability to worship. So what response flows from your heart and lips when you're facing an uncertain or painful situation? What are you allowing to steal your song? So hard times are are not the time to turn down the volume of your worship. I know it's easier to worship when you're on the mountaintop and it just feels better to sing a song when you feel good, but hard times is not, that's not the time to turn down the volume of your worship. Matter of fact, it's time to crank it all the way to the top. Not all of us were called to be singers, but we were called to be worshipers because as children of God, listen, if you can't sing and you're a worshiper, just do it all by yourself in your car, right? But you know, don't do it around us, but here's the deal. You're called to be a worshiper because as children of God, one of the primary purposes is to worship the one who created us. So I want to encourage you to fill your house with worship. Fill your car with worship. Fill your heart with worship these days. With my family, we usually take advantage of, of different moments of, of time. You know, whether you're getting ready in the morning or in the car or, or different times of the day for worship. We fill our house with music. There's times when, when, I, when, I, when, I, there's times when I go to sleep and I'll turn it down really low. D- depending on what, where I'm at in the season, but worship is part of the process So I believe that the more we fill our hearts with the words that remind us of who God is and of his promises to us, the more likely it is that our response to difficulties will be worship. I'm gonna say it again. That's a good note, Sam. I believe the more we fill our hearts with words that remind us of who God is and of his promises, you can highlight that before Sam can see it, to us, the more likely it is that our response to difficulties will be worship. When you respond to difficulties with worship, can I just say the enemy doesn't know how to react. It freaks him out. And when that is our response, it takes our focus off the situation and puts it on the greatness of God. It puts us on puts it on his power and his majesty. So what things are, are fighting today to capture the focus of your heart? I didn't say they captured your heart, but what things are fighting today to capture the focus of your heart? with Job, we see that after hearing that he had lost his cows, his children, he entered into a moment of, of mourning and he, and he lamented. I mean, he just ugly cried. You know what I mean? He just that means he ugly cried. That means like he just hit rock bottom. He lost his kids, his wife, his, his cows. His, he lost everything. And he went into a moment of, of lamentation, which is like, you know, ugly cry. Like, he, got, you know, he got
0: the snot coming down. He got everything. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, like ugly cry. <laughs> but he fell before God in the posture of worship. You put this next note in right here, Sam. Can I just say this? May the volume of your worship be higher than the volume of your situation. My goodness, how to preach. Mm. May the volume of your worship be higher than the volume of your situation. So all you have to do when the enemy comes screaming in your ear and telling you that you're not good enough and that you're not adequate enough and that you can't make it and that you don't have what it takes and you might as well hang it up and throw in the towel. When the enemy comes in and and says these things, which he will, and as you begin to try to ignore him, he just gets louder. May the volume of your worship be higher than the volume of your situation. And in Job 1.20, Mike, read that there.
0: Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. He then shaved his head and fell to the ground. To worship?
1: I mean, the man, listen, if you gotta shave your head,
0: don't do it. He's sweating. Don't do it. The man's ugly crying, threw his clothes off, shaved his head, and then worshiped.
1: Ugly crying, bald, you know, probably didn't have the right kind of razors, probably had like little pieces of hair, probably used, <laughs> probably used sheep shears, you know what I mean, to cut his hair, because I mean, it's not like he could have gone down to the barbershop and got it buzzed off. He probably had like little pieces of patches of hair, half bald, looking crazy, shaved his head, tore his robe, I guess he was naked, I don't know, and he fell down on the ground and worshiped God. Look, I don't care what posture you have to get in, when you get to the place where the only thing that's going to make the difference is your worship, then you'll get to that place. Amen. But listen, Job got to that place. But then here's the beautiful part about it as we wrap this up today: Psalms 96, 1 through 3. Okay, this is what David tells us to do. Okay, let me tell you something. David, he wrote the songs, right? I mean, he wrote the Psalms and, and he wrote these as 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 you know, as uh, I mean as now. Like like times, I mean, he was in the middle of stuff when he wrote. Like, I mean, we use these as like, you know, I want to hear, uh, I want to hear, uh, you know, you're worthy of it all because it, you know, right now I just need to be reminded of that, and you know, I want to praise God, and oh, I need to hear this surround me, oh Lord, and you know, I need, you know, you begin to name songs, but David wrote the songs. Like he was in the middle of like, oh my gosh, I'm just, I can't handle it anymore. And then he, you know, then he began to get breakthrough in his life. And as he went on his knees and got his pad, he said, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day, proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. He wrote it in the middle of it. He wrote stuff that we get. He take his words out of the Bible and plug them into songs, and call them ours, <laughs> when they're really just pieces of what the Scripture's already declared. We talked about steadfast today, and hopefully this is this is the this is the punctuation on the week. We've been talking about gains all week, which means I just wanna I just wanna grow in Him. I wanna I wanna go from first base. A second. I want to get off. I want to get off. I want to get out of the dugout, and I want to get out on deck. You know, I, I want to get. I want to get off the bench, and I want to get into the game. <clears throat> Maybe somebody's just made the team for the first time, and and you know, steadfast is the exclamation. It's the punctuation. At the end of this, this is how you gain. This is how you grow. Because we started with G, with G grace. You have to understand that God's grace is, is real and you can't earn it and buy it and it's there and you got to receive it. And then went into attitude and because his grace touches you and saves you and moves you. But then he begins to change you and changes your attitude. The attitude, and attitude is not the surface level things only that we think they are. It's, it's, the, it's how you view things. And it's how you stop viewing things. And then we went into inspiration and that God and, and believers that God's placed in your life can be an inspiration for this new chapter or this area of your life or where this growth area. But then also that you are called, more importantly, to inspire. Well, Dave, you don't understand. I mean, just, I got this going on in my life and this quali- I'm disqualified here. And you, you can sit there and disqualify yourself all day long. All of us can. But God's called you to inspire someone else. And part of you becoming stronger in him is when you begin to inspire others. And then we went on yesterday into, we, we were, it was a day we were talking about nobility, but really it was from the standpoint of, of who we are and what we have access to in him. Because if you're, if you're of noble stature, that's not to say you're above anybody else, but the Bible declares that you have rights as a believer and access to God, and we talked about words like grace and mercy, and truth and love, and we talked about goodness and mercy, the things that God gives you and sends with you. And then today, we're putting the punctuation on it and saying, "Hey, steadfast, you have to just stand in it because now you're gonna be, you're gonna face challenges, and you're gonna face you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna face your first obstacles or your hundred obstacle, and you're gonna want to give up or you're gonna want to quit or you're gonna want to shrink back or sit down or rest or relax. Turn around." And and it's not the time to do that. And that's how you gain. And it's just rinse and repeat. (laughs) I'm done.
0: That was kind of the point when we, um, you know, Dave asked us last week, hey, I want you guys to come up with, you know, the topic for this week. Um, And when we thought of gains, that was what we kind of thought about is when you looked at the acronym, it really was kind of a repeated cycle where you constantly are going back from g to s um today honestly the one thing that stuck in my mind was the word unshakable um i've obviously heard the word a ton in my life uh, in various different places but I, I love this definition unable to be disputed or questioned and it goes along with today with being steadfast when you go through the rest of the gains acronym when you get to the um s in steadfast or unshakable your your faith is undisputed your faith is not questioned regardless of what the enemy may come in and say like that's his job to try to make you question it but it can't be questioned by anybody else those around you and that to me is like it it was the really big thing and honestly like dave i could with the way you preach today i could almost see us doing an entire week on the word just unshakable and kind of breaking through that not saying we should i'm just i was thinking about i'm like man i bet dave could probably do a few days just on that word
1: Yes, we could, but we have, uh, don't get me started on that <laughs> because now we have like four weeks. Hey, hey, gotta, I'm
0: good. I'm good with being <laughs> on our just put it planning. on the back burner of planning there, Mike. Yep. <laughs> I agree though. But thank you all for listening. I really, I hope you guys really enjoyed the series. I actually, I took a lot from this series, even though, like, like I said, we kind of came up with the idea behind games and Dave was the one that, you know, put a lot of the meat behind this. I took a lot away from this week. Um, Song of the day today is um, from Darlene. I always want to, I, I feel like I always mispronounce her name, but I th- believe it's Sheck. So Darlene Sheck, it's in Jesus name. Dave, you probably know it. If God is fighting for us, mm-hmm. who can s- fight oh, yeah. back to darkness. Love that song. I felt like it was great. Um, and perfectly apt with today's uh, word and message that we went with. Um, thank you all for listening. A shameless plug. Um, Faith Gear stuff is up on the site. If you guys haven't gone, go check it out, Sam. I don't know if you can drop the link in the comment really quick. Um, the new stuff is up. We are also working on a whole new site rebuild, probably in the next like month or so. We should have everything up to date. Um, I think in the next month we'll also be able to announce who we're going to be donating our proceeds to moving forward, at least for this, um, for the foreseeable future as we sell stuff. Um, and stay tuned. We're getting ready to start pushing some new stuff. Um, but thank you all for listening. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Get some rest. Take it easy. And then we will see you on Monday. Next week, we are talking about He Said, She Said, He Says. And we are going to have a special guest host with Dave next week, which I'm really looking forward to. So thank you all for listening. Enjoy your weekend. And on that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villas Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.